Welcome, everyone, to Music Junkies, a podcast about people sharing extraordinary stories about how music has impacted their lives. Welcome, everyone, to Music Junkies. I'm your host, Annette Smith, and today's guest is a good friend of mine, and that's Rochelle, or Rachel, and why would I say that, right? Everybody says Rochelle. It's, it's a I thing. Why. Like, I don't know. I don't know. How like, it's literally, so I go to London Drugs to pick up pictures, and they're like, oh, is your name Rochelle? I'm like, yep, that's me. <laughs> well, it's not Rochelle, for fuck's sakes. It's Rachel. God, yeah. figure it out. Yeah. Anyways, she's so far away in Edmonton, right? Three hours away. I try to convince her to come here and have some drinks. And she's like, I'm not doing that. We'll just do it over Zoom. <laughs> so welcome to the show. Excited to have you today. I, I love, I actually was baking apple crisp yesterday to your playlist, right? Because I got like suckered into um, buying some apples. Uh oh, I didn't realize that my husband has a gag reflex with apples. Oh, not like he's sucking dick. He's eating a fucking right. apple. That's like random, hey? Super random. So now I have 45,000 fucking apples. And uh, have, I don't know if you've ever made apple crisp before, but I don't fucking recommend it. Yeah, it's a bit of a pain in the ass. Yeah, and try making it vegan for my daughter. <laughs> so vegan apple crisp is even a bigger pain in the ass. Well, um, yeah, I need a massage, at, like from cutting all the apples. <laughs> like, I was like, right. It's crazy. Anyways, thanks for joining us today. Um, before we get started on going through your list, I actually just want to know how your experience was me reaching out, then you putting the playlist and getting it to me. How was all of that? I was like over the moon. I was so excited. I was like, this is awesome. Because we're a big music family and I am, am a big music person. Music speaks to me. And it's funny because my husband says to me all the time, I know these lyrics. I'm like, oh, I can memorize lyrics like, like nobody's business, right? I listen to lyrics. I, I dissect them. I feel them. I love lyrics. I love a good beat, um, right? I like a good hard rock beat. Like I'm a rocker girl at heart. My era is grunge. It's my default. I always go to it. If I'm home, he knows better. No rap crap when I am home. It's rock, grunge, that's it. Danica's always like, what is this? I'm like, this is, you appreciate rock. That's what this is, right? And so, yeah, we're just a big music family. Danica loves music. Um, I, when I was pregnant, when she was first born, there was always music. It was the only thing that shut her up when she cried. And she cried for the first year of her life. Oh. And I would blast that music and she would stop. And so she's been a music girl ever since she was born. So she falls asleep to music. She listens to music. She's had one of my old iPhones since she was four with music on it. Like we're just a big music family. We just, we love it. My husband, as you can see, he collects CDs. He's got boxes and storage of cassettes, records, you name it. Like he's a huge, he collects box sets. There's a bunch of box sets up here. And so we watch the MTV Music Awards together as a family. I love it. Just who we are. Yeah. Yeah, we've always got a, a party going on Friday, Saturday. He's always got his little speaker he carries around and we rock out everywhere. I love it. I absolutely love it. All right, we're going to get started on your first song. Are you ready? Yeah. All right. <laughs> All right, good old Lenny Kravitz, right? Are you going to go my way? 
Yeah. One yeah. of the I'm, hottest uh, black guys in leather jeans. Like, legit, right? Like, God. who didn't love Lenny Kravitz? <laughs> Like he was, he was, he was one of the few, I want to say, you know, colored black rockers. Do you know what I mean? Like, and, and, and he was so good at it. He was so amazing. And he was just wild to watch. And that song reminds me of my high school dances, the big MTV screens at the high school dances. And I remember watching him give her like that one. And then believe that was the other one. Believe was it. Oh, and just watching the videos and just rocking out to it, like it takes me back to a high school dance like that. Yeah. So who did you have a crush on? What uh, what artist did you have a crush on growing up in high school? Chris Cornell has always been my man. Yeah. Always. He always will be. He's he's my love, right? Like my like he was he was my love. Like he was he was he was the one. So I would a, my husband. hall pass. <laughs> legit legit whole pass right like he, he was a big one for me but i did have a little bit of a crush on lenny kravitz i did yep yep um, like i said any man that's like a good rocker is definitely up my alley yeah so what were you like growing up in high school <laughs> it depends it was like the first part of high school was like i was always so tiny and and my mom was like really strict so I wasn't allowed to wear makeup my hair was always pulled back you know what i mean and you know, I had my few friends, but I wasn't very popular. I got bullied a lot just because I was so small and, you know, it wasn't very popular. So I got bullied a lot in the first like three years. And then something just kind of switched in grade 10. And I thought, you know, I'm, I'm done with this shit. I'm done being bullied around and threatened and all this stuff. And I just, I just got nasty back. And, it, and it's funny. I tell my daughter this all the time. If you appear to be you know, that if you let it bother you, you appear to be weak. I don't want to say weak, but you know what I mean? If you just let it happen, if you get feisty back, people will know that they can't treat you that way. And yeah, if it leads to, you know, a punch in the face, oh, well, you'll make it for a good story. But my point is, is that I just got sick of everybody's crap, but I just started fighting back in grade 10 and that was enough. And so that's just it. So 10, 11 and then 12 and stuff. I mean, I had a lot of friends and I was an early partier. It was a very early year. <laughs> so grade seven, eight, nine, like how tiny were you? Tiny. Like, I don't know, 80 pounds or something. Yeah. Like, so was I. Fuck to be 80 pounds again. Right. <laughs> the kids are calling Danica pipsqueak now. because She's so tiny, right? And I was like, listen, you're going to embrace that pipsqueak later. Let me tell you. So you know what? That's fine. Let them call you pipsqueak. You get any fist fights? Later. Girl fist fights? No. No, not oh. until, not until over 18. Okay. We'll come back in high that. school. No, but yeah, over 18 months. What about getting called to the principal's office? You get in trouble ever? Yeah. Yeah. Let's hear like one of like a bad one. So this one was actually elementary school. <laughs> so we were in class in the, I think it was grade four ish maybe. And I'm in a Catholic school, by the way. So oh. I'm in a Catholic school and the teacher's like, oh, we got a surprise test. And I, everybody was like, ah, and I was like, oh, you bastard. And the whole class went like silent. And I, like, I didn't know that was a swear word back then. I just always heard my stepdad say it. So I just thought it was part of language. And I got sent to the principal's office and you, you got punished. You had to stand outside the office in the hallway like this. Oh, really? And so everybody was walking by. They're like, what are you doing out here? I was like, oh my God, I'm so ashamed. They never did call my mom. Oh. I told my mom later in life when I was like 25. 
She's like, you didn't what? So I was like, I was so embarrassed, but they, I cried so hard and they knew I was such a good kid that they didn't call them my parents. Right. So, I mean, that was the big one that stood up for me in Catholic school saying bastard. Mm-hmm. Don't say that. Mm-hmm. Were you I mean, straight A language student? never got any better over the years. Either. No, no, it hasn't. Were you a straight A student? Did you do well? No, no, no. Hated it. Hated it. No. I, uh, I was the girl that got like an A in acting and music and all that stuff, but, uh, so we, yeah, Mm -hmm. life skills, right? Like I got A in life life skills for sure. (laughs) Nope. I hated school. I love it. I love it. All right. This is like one of my favorite Aerosmith songs. I love your playlist. what it takes pulls at the heartstrings it sure does my i don't know how many uh, diamond rings i i had to <laughs> like this one like literally like quenches and so this was uh the song um so my first love my first real relationship my first love my first sex my first everything oh wow yeah and so i mean the lyrics in the song is like what is it going to take to let you go because it was devastating when he dumped me. Devastating. And would you believe it or not, that was when I was 15 and 16, that we were together, but we have been best friends ever since and still are. No way. Yeah. Okay, so let's go back to that. So obviously you met during school, I'm assuming, Mm -hmm. the school Mm -hmm. together. Mm -hmm. Started dating. How long before the whole sex talk things started coming up now when you look back at it was it not very long was it pressure was it you was it him I think he had before and I hadn't I think I had attempted I think I had attempted one other person before but it didn't work out you know like I was so stressed it's like lockbox I get in so um so it, for me it wasn't my first but but it, it, for, for him, it was not his first, but for mine, it was. And so he was just really good at like calming me and relaxing me and to be able to accept the experience. You know what I mean? So when someone does that to you, that's like, that's special. That's precious. Right. Mm. And so he was, he was the guy that like taught me things and taught me what to do. And you know what I mean? It was just that kind of experience. Right. And I loved his family. I mean, his mother worked super close. His sister was my age. He was like a year or two older than me. And so his family was just my family. We went to school together and like, we knew each other. He was very introverted, but I like to pick on the introverts. (laughs) I'm very extroverted. So I'm very intrigued by introverts. I just reel them in. Right. And so I chased him. Yeah. So your first time was good. It wasn't a nightmare. Like many women's first time. The attempted one was a nightmare, obviously. (laughs) But uh, but so no, let's go back to the first time before your first time. Let's, yeah. Let's, uh, so you're, you're at somebody's house or no? Oh, no, it's at my house. It was this guy I really liked. He was older than me. I was trying to impress him. Oh, just everything I do not want my daughter to experience. I was like, don't hurt. Like, don't act like that. I look back on it now and it's like, how did this personality reflect me back then because like I would have never done that now try to impress a guy and just kind of like everybody else is doing it right and then so what happened he tried to get it in and you're like no I was like oh my god this is painful (laughs) he didn't really care that was the thing he didn't care yeah 
And that's what was crappy about it. And so when someone doesn't care and doesn't take the time, especially when you're a virgin, like it's stressful. Yeah, it is very stressful. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I never want, you know, well, my daughter's 23. I haven't really discussed her first time, really. I know who, when, it, where it was or who it was, but we didn't get into the nitty gritty details. But that was one of the things I never wanted my daughter to have like an awful first time because oh. the first time was awful too, right? It was yeah, like, like it. Yeah. dating this guy for like nine months and he was older as well. And it was just like constantly like pressure, right? Like, oh, you're being a cock tease. It's like, how do you kiss? Right. And I can't control your dick. Like tell your dick not to get hard. Like it's not my fault we're kissing and you're getting hard. Like, yeah, yeah, definitely. Right. And then finally I was just like, fuck it. Fine. Let's do it. It was awful. And I actually don't even think that he um, like, like you said, like actually like penetrated anything. Cause I remember after that, I was like, just so mortified. I remember just being so mortified and just being like, I don't even want to date you anymore. We're, we're done. We're over. Just nauseating. It's just yeah. nauseating. Yeah, totally. And- I wasn't even dating that guy. <laughs> I liked him and I wanted him to like me. Yeah. That's how awkward that was. I know. And then I started dating this other guy and then we had sex and then that's when I bled. So I think it was like that time. And see, that guy was gentle and nice and like kind. And I dated him for like two years after that. You know what I mean? So I just was like, you know, going back to like my first time though, I just found out like the other day, like he played Russian roulette and blew his fucking head off. Like how crazy. What? (laughs) For real? For real. For real. Wow. Yeah. Insane. Insane. Mm. It's not like it's karma, but like. <laughs> right. But I mean. Yeah, I'm not going to say it, but. Anyway. No. All right. Anyway. Next song. Mm-hmm. <laughs> mm-hmm. Sarah McLaughlin. Good enough. I don't know a lot of Sarah McLaughlin stuff. I never was a big Sarah McLaughlin fan. What do you love about that song? What does it remind you of? It's called Good Enough, right? And so good enough. So Sarah McLaughlin was a big part of my struggles in life. And so between 16 and 19 were the worst four years of my life. Okay. Every teenagehood is hard for everybody in their own different ways. But I went through some nasty shit in that four years. And so I went into like a deep depression in those four years. And so Sarah McLaughlin was my go-to, you know, it's so weird how, when we're sad, we want to listen to sad music. You know what I mean? It it just kind of comes with the territory. And so that was just my era. Like, you know what I mean? Where it kind of like came down because it was just, it was, it was a bad depression, bad battle of depression. So what was, what was, if you looking back now, right? What do you think was some of those causes? Like what was kind of going on with you during that time? Yeah. I mean, I didn't have a dad growing up. I had a stepdad who was not a nice man, but my real dad didn't want anything to do with me. He didn't want me. My mom was young when she had me. He wanted nothing to do with me. And from what I heard, he was quite an asshole. But when you're 16 and you're missing that fatherly love, you want to know. And my mom told me, and she warned me, don't do it. You don't want to see him. You don't want to meet him. He's an asshole, blah, blah, blah. But I, I had to know on my own. And so sure enough, I met him and I didn't know him very long. 
and he was just as big of a dick that my mom told me he was a piece of shit. He wasn't nice, he was not a nice man. And uh, so it's like, I knew my dad and then I lost my dad all in the same year. And it was, it was devastating. I was sexually assaulted when I was 17. So I had to deal with all of that. Um, what else? I mean, the father and the sexual assault was enough to push me over the edge. You know, I had to go through a lot of therapy, a lot of that, you know, I was, oh, and then I was in an abusive relationship with a man. And then I had to get out of that. And like, I knew it was wrong, but it was like, you get to the point where you're stuck. And so when I have friends that I see are in these kind of relationships where I know they're going that way, I get super protective, super defensive because it's like, I've been there. I know what this leads to eventually. I had a friend who was married to a guy for 10 years before he finally gave her a black eye, but I could see it coming, you know? And so I went through a very possessive, abusive relationship, my father, the sexual assault, all in that four years. Yeah. And so that changed me. That four years changed me. But uh, my grandparents saved me. They were the most loving grandparents in the world and they saved me. They helped me through a lot of it. So it was... It was, it was tough times. And so Sarah McLaughlin reminds me of that tough time. Yeah. I love I to a lot of her. I want you, um, Rachel, if you can just kind of go a little bit deeper into the sexual assault, right? I think that it is, um, such a strong topic. Yeah. Um, and, and if you're open to share, I, I would love for you to share. Yeah. I mean, I'm open to share because I like to share experiences in hopes that to make people aware, watch for these things because the guy who did it, I knew him. And so it was literally your textbook, right? It was like, so I was getting into the bar. So in, in BC, you had to be 19, but I had a fake ID. So I was getting in at 17. So I was one of the bars at 17. Um, and I was hanging out with older people that were already of age. And so I had a good group of friends or whatever. But um, this guy, he didn't go to my school. He went to a different school, but he knew my best friend. He knew a couple other people. You know, he was being all flirty or whatever, but he's like, you know, we're having a party after the bar, which wasn't not normal people party up to the bar all the time right so he's like we're having a party afterwards if you want to come you know it's in west side and i lived in brock in Kamloops, which is a little bit kind of coherent anyway so i said yeah for sure um and i remember my friends they're like oh i don't want to go i'm like okay well i'll just go like we know this guy right well i showed up and i was the only one there there right. was no party and uh you know, it started to feel a little bit awkward, but I was kind of rolling with it, right, or whatever. I thought maybe people would show up later, but no one ever ended up showing up. And he just started to force himself on me. And at first I was like, it's okay, we're making out, whatever. But it didn't end up that way. I got pinned. It happened. I had to lay there and take it. I knew, I knew that, there, I mean, he was twice my size. I knew. And I literally had to lay there and take it. No matter, the more I fought it, the more he pushed back. And so it was on the living room floor. It was awful. And then he got up afterwards, left and went and crawled into bed and passed out. And uh, I literally had to wait for him to pass out before I could leave. And I ended up walking home at like three o'clock in the morning by myself in the dark after this traumatizing moment. And I think it took me like a good two and a half hours to walk home in the dark in Kamloops. And I was mortified. And, and my father, I went to stay at his house. Like this was all intertwined and I stayed at his house that night. And I remember him saying to me the next morning, cause I got in late, like five or five 30. 
and uh, he wakes up in the morning. He's like, oh, out late prowling, where yeah, what'd you do? Get out, go out and get a good fuck and then come home. Yikes. And I just like, I was just sitting there like, you know, it's like, if you only knew what just like what, what I just dealt with, you know what I mean? And so, <laughs> excuse me, that was the day I actually packed all my stuff out of my father's. I called my grandparents, they came picked me up. I never saw them again. Yeah. Did you ever tell yeah. anybody? Um, so I didn't at first, um, uh, you know, you got that shame, that shame, right. Um, I didn't tell anybody at first, um, but because I didn't tell anybody, that's when the depression hit, that's when the suicide wanted to come out. And, and like, you started, to, you didn't feel good about yourself. You questioned everything. It's amazing how that can affect you. Uh, I had written the letter. I was ready to go. I was done. I had told a few friends. I forgot. I did tell a few friends and they didn't believe me. Because back then, rape was from a stranger. Yeah. Rape was from a robber. Like, it wasn't from someone you know. That was very weird back then. It wasn't, you don't, that doesn't happen to people you don't know. Or there are people that you do know. Like, so it's just different, right? Um, and so they didn't believe me. And that just made things even worse. And so my grandmother saw me slipping into this depression. And I remember specifically this one night I was laying in bed and I just started hyperventilating crying because I was like, tomorrow's the day I'm, not, I'm doing it. I can't do this anymore. But there was something inside of me that said, reach out for help. And I remember running up to my grandmother's room and jumping on her bed and waking her up and saying, help me. I can't do this. And she woke up and she just grabbed me. She goes, what is going on with you? Talk to me. And I said, I need, I need to call Bill. And she's like, it's three in the morning. I'm like, I need to call Bill. Bill was my first love that we stayed friends after, right? Yeah. And so I called Bill at three o'clock in the morning. I said, I don't want to live. I can't do this. And he goes, I know what happened and I'm sorry. And you know, it'll be okay. He talked to me out of it. He said, you're going to call me in the morning because you're going to make it through tonight and tomorrow's going to be a better day. And so he calmed me down. She calmed me down. I passed out. She didn't wake me up for school the next day. And I came upstairs and her and my grandfather are sitting at the kitchen table like this. <laughs> and they're like talk now so I told them and I remember my grandfather who was my best person in life sitting across from me and he just stared at me and cried and so my grandmother forced me into counseling she drove me twice a week to counseling she made me go back to school because I quit going to school and uh fixed me up yeah I love grandparents fixed me up and uh, that counseling saved my life for sure yeah. I'm a big believer in for sharing. I love that. I love it. You're a champion. It's I scary it. having a daughter, especially when you go through these kinds of things. Like, yeah. It is super scary to have a daughter. Period. When you share this, right? Like when you share this, when do you not share this? It's like, I know. I know. It's crazy. Yeah. All right. We're going to throw some Def Leppard in the mix. All right, pour some sugar on me. If you haven't dirty danced at a bar to this song, you haven't lived, okay? <laughs> like when you hear this song, you think about your bar days and everybody's on the floor grinding and dancing and all oh, this takes me back to my bar days, 20 to 25, right there. Just riffing her. Oh yeah, like I remember making out with somebody on the dance floor at the bar every time. And like this song never will get old, right? No. No, it's, it's like living on a prayer. It's like, right. 
you're going to play a song on a jukebox and the bar is dead, you're just going to put on some Def Leppard and some Bon Jovi because everybody, or Guns N' Roses, people just Lit, know it. Right? Yeah, this is like a straight bar days, dirty dance and making out with some dude on the dance floor. Like, that's what this is. And I had so much fun from like 2021 to 25 at the bar. Like I was like a three or four night a week. Like <laughs> go to Humpty's for, for breakfast afterwards get home at like three, four o'clock in the morning, sleep three hours and get up for work. I could never do that right now. I would die. Oh. <laughs> die. <laughs> would you like two coolers and I'm like, I got a headache. <laughs> yeah, you, you would do. You have like a couple drinks and then you wake up with that. You're just still awake and you just next hour you have a hangover. You, you, and who wants to parent hungover? Not me. So oh. it's like, oh, I don't know how I ever did that. Three nights a week. Do you remember when it was like Toonie Tuesdays? Yeah, I've yeah, like two bucks, dollar beers, dollar and... beers. Right, and my daughter yeah. works at the bar. She's like, "Oh, come down! It's like six dollar." I'm like, six dollars? Fuck, where's that's not a deal? What happened? It's like, like when we go to Vegas, right, for a convention, it's like twelve bucks a drink. I'm like, yeah. what? That would be ninety-five dollars for that shot of bourbon, please. Oh, yeah. oh, sure, yeah, yeah, thanks. Yeah, I'll definitely have that. I what love was your, that. Uh, Favorite concert you ever been to? I knew you were going to ask me this question. So I kind of mentally prepared for this one because, because it's a bit of a toss up. Okay. Two ends of the spectrum. So okay. I would have to say my ultimate was Chris Cornell unplugged. Okay. That'd be really good. Magical. Yeah, I bet. Magical. Him on the stage with a guitar doing Soundgarden, Audio Slave, and any of his own, like, magical. Like I was just in a trance watching this. I didn't want to pee. I didn't want to get up. I didn't want another drink. I just wanted to sit there and stare. And it was just like, when I listen to it now, like when I listen to any of the unplugs, I just sit with my eyes closed like this. Cause it was just so magical. And that was like the year before he died. So sure glad I went to that. Yeah, no shit. But then it's a close second to Godsmack. Okay. Now, a lot of people don't know about Godsmack, right? They're a different kind of rock. Um, but here's what I love about Godsmack. Okay. Godsmack puts on an amazing show. And at the end of their show or close to the end, he, the sing, lead singer, Sully has a drama with Shannon, which is the drummer. And they have, so they have these like movable stages come out. Like, wow. That's right. Oh my God. You got to YouTube it. And they have a drama. Like there's nothing hotter than a man yeah. drum. Oh, or yeah. a woman for that matter. Like, I agree. I oh, agree. It's like Lenny Kravitz's drummer, right? So drumming has always been something that just gets me going, right? Like I get right into it. I get like, I always wish I would have took drum lessons. I still might. It's on my bucket list. Always Like I love chick drummers, right? So that drum off is amazing. And I got backstage to meet them. So my husband at the time got us VIP tickets. And so we got backstage and I was so nervous. I was shaking. And when he came over to me, I went, hi, I'm like, wow, you're shorter than I thought you were. <laughs> and he kind of looks at me like, oh, thanks for the compliment. And I just died inside because I thought, oh my God, did I just call him? Because he is, he's like up the hair on me. And I'm just like, oh my God. And so I was super embarrassed. I knew he hated my guts, didn't want to take a picture with me, but he did. He autographed my leg. I have a tattoo of God's knock on my leg. He autographed it. I tattooed it in. It's permanent. 
it was just one of those moments in life where I felt like such an asshole because it just called him short. <laughs> but I'm like, I got your autograph on my leg now. So this is awesome, right? So those were two very, very different moments, but two of my favorites. I love it. Did you know I'm a drummer? I have a no. beautiful pearl kit downstairs. Yeah, that's probably why you want to make out with me all the time. Oh my God, totally. <laughs> so speaking of making out with women, yeah, what color panties and did you wear for me today? Uh, I'm not wearing any. Oh, that's yeah. why I love you. Yeah. Have you uh, ever had sex with the opposite sex? Maybe. Mm, let's hear. Let's hear about it. I might have dabbled, but I never went pro. Like, how far did you dabble? Like, cause kissing, touching, did you go downstairs? Maybe. <laughs> so, yes. <laughs> You're a champ. Yeah, I'll try anything once, you know, like. Honestly, I would be the worst well. female lover on the planet. Cause they would have to do, all I'm game, but you're doing all the work. Right. <laughs> Doing any work. The problem is, is I'm a Capricorn. So I'm like a natural leader, right? Like I'm the one that's always got to be in control. So it is what it is. Yeah, it's just my nature. So is yeah. it, is it something that you tried in your teens or just like last Friday or is this? Oh, no, years ago, years ago, you know, I'm just, but I'm, I'm a very outgoing person where it's like, you know what? You just, like, I don't even know what they call it these days, but it's, it's just, I, I just, I like the person. Yeah. Do you know what I mean? I'm not that, I'm not that like, whatever, you know yeah. what I mean? Like loves, love, sex, sex. It's just, it is what it is. So I'm not, I like the person. Yeah, I agree. I'm a, I'm a thousand percent with you too. I agree. Yeah. I mean, I so have you ever had a nickname? I don't think I can carry it. <laughs> too far. Yeah, that's a little too far for me too. I'll play with your tits and kiss you a little bit, but uh, <laughs> and I'll let you go down on me. <laughs> then go home after. Bye. <laughs> yeah. Have you ever had a nickname? <laughs> oh, is it good? Oh, I love it. Uh, waterfalls. Waterfalls. Yeah. Yeah, it's in the TLC years, but yeah, Not waterfalls. Nice. Not so much when you're forties, but you know, used to be waterfalls, definitely. So that was one. Um, that's about it, actually. Yeah. yeah, yeah. I mean, I think I had a nickname in in, in uh, grade eight that was Pokey. Pokey. Someone called me Pokey because I had small Pokey boobs, so they would make fun of my boobs because they were small, so they called me Pokey. What the hell's wrong with people? <laughs> All right. Speaking of waterfalls, hey, the rivalry, I'm right? Shoot, baby. Shoot. <laughs> Have you ever seen salt and pepper? No, I haven't. Oh my you god. Know, I know. I heard they're they're riot. It is a riot. No. Shoot. Shoot. I can wrap the shit out of this song. <laughs> Karaoke night, I don't sing, but I can rap this and I will get the whole room going. Like it's just, that's what I do, right? I could never just rap sitting here doing it. Like I need a crowd. Yeah. Because the crowd gets me going and then I get like right into it, right? But I could rap the shit out of this song. Danica loves it. She'll like, mom, I'm going to put on a song. And so we'll be driving like to Edmonton or Calgary or whatever. And she'll put it on and I'll like rap that great right in the car, right? And she's like, oh, in the back. 
that's just every time I hear it, I can't help but just spit it out, right? That's my song. That's my karaoke song. I love it. So you're married? Yep. How long? Uh, nine years. Nine years. If you could describe your spouse in one word, what would that be? Pain in my ass. Yeah. Men yeah. usually are. Yeah. Yeah. I love pain pain in your ass. Have you guys mm. did it in the ass? No, no, not that kind of pain in my ass. <laughs> so how'd you guys meet? Um, at work, actually, when I worked at the trucking company. Yeah. Um, funny story. I thought he was gay the first time I met him. I remember being on the dock looking at a freight and this guy walks around, he's in a suit and he's got a pink dress shirt on. And I'm like, who's this guy? Right. I remember saying that to the, who's this guy? He's like, well, he's the general manager. I'm like, is he gay? Cause back then guys were in pink. It was just like, it wasn't really a thing yet. Right. And he's like, no, I don't think so. I think he's married. I'm like, oh. And so I go upstairs and his brother was actually the one that hired me because I knew his brother from a previous job. And so I remember walking by the office and I stopped and I said, Hey, and he goes, Oh, hi. I said, what's your name? He's like a general manager. Hey? He's like, Dustin, what's your name? I said, Rachel. And I said, well, it's nice to meet you. So I work down there and he's like, Oh, well, I, I work here. I'm like, I know. He's like, cool. Nice to meet you. And then like, literally he is the funniest guy. Like he's nothing but a jokester, prankster. He's funny. Um, and that's, that's, it. you know, we, we built a good friendship at work. Um, I was already married. Uh, he was already married. I was just newly married. This was my first husband. And so we just became friends at work, which was awful. Cause I was just like a pissant employee. He was the general manager. And so it was probably like an inappropriate friendship in a sense, because we had the same sick sense of humor, dirty jokes, laughing, pissing ourselves. Right. Um, and then he, he was going through a divorce. I was going through a divorce. We went through a divorce together and uh, we were just there for each other. And it just honestly just blossomed that way. And so that's that. And that's, uh, yeah. Yeah. See, I didn't know you were married before. I was divorced. Okay. So why'd you get a divorce? You know, I tell everybody that, you know, love isn't everything because I loved him. He was a great man. He didn't treat me bad. There's just some things you're just not compatible with, you know, and I always say I'm an open book, but with that one, I'm a little bit more private because, you know, it was one of the hardest things I had to go through was leaving him. It destroyed me for sure. You know, cause like I said, I left a good man who leaves a good man, nobody, you know? And so it, it was tough. We just, we weren't compatible yeah. as lovers we went to a lot of concerts together. That's, that's who I went to a lot of concerts with. We were, we did, we played poker. We go to concerts. We did like everything together, which was part of the problem. I think is that I like my time. He wanted to do everything together, but um, he was a good man. I will never deny him of that. I, I still talk to him once or twice a year, check in, see how he's doing awesome. and everything, but it's good. If you were to describe your mother-in-law as an animal in your first marriage, kind of animal would she be a puppy <laughs> then what, about, what about i divorced her <laughs> not greg okay like i divorced her i was devastated leaving her we were like the best of friends which i feel it like doesn't happen very often in, in law relationships no she, it doesn't she, she was my buddy man like we were she said to me really you have to leave me i was like i'm sorry <laughs> Then what about your second marriage? My mother-in-law? Mm -hmm. 
yeah, she, you know what? She's a riot. She's got like the biggest heart, you know, she's a little busy for me in a sense of like all over the place. Right. But that's Dustin too. Right. Like left, right, left, right. Right. Um, but, uh, she's a good woman. She, she loves my daughter. She's very generous. She's very caring. So she's, what kind of animal would she be? Definitely not a sloth, whatever the opposite of a sloth would be like super busy on the go 24 seven. Like I can't even think of one right now. Like what's a busy moving animal. I don't know. Right. I can't even. It'll come to you. I promise. Yeah. All right. Some God smack. Voodoo. I'm not the one who's so far away when I feel the snake bite enter my veins. Such a good song, eh? You've got like a voice that's so tantric. <laughs> you just close your eyes and you just get drawn into his voice. Yeah. And I mean, yeah, I mean, lots of, like I said, my God's backstories have been to his concert, their concert so many times. And those drum monster definitely like the most exciting thing I, I i really want you to go find that so make sure you go i will i will I'll yeah there's like a whole dvd it. on it of course but nobody watches dvds anymore so i'm sure it's on youtube somewhere but <laughs> um but yeah like that like i said lots of memories of god smack with greg you know we went to many concerts the tattoo the drama off it all just it's just all very exciting with them a lot of firsts with them yeah do you have any pet peeves rachel mm-hmm. do i mm-hmm. Yeah. You want to just give me two? Late. Disorganized. Those are my two big two. I hate disorganization and I hate late. Like these two trying to get them out of the house at the same time. Like God help me. God. So what part do you get, start to get like, I'm going to fucking stab you in the eye on the late side of things. Is it like right on 12 o'clock? Is it 12.03? Is it 12.15? Is it 12- right at 12? Why yeah. can't people be ready five minutes early? Like if I tell you we have to leave at 12, why am I asking you at 12 o'clock, where are you? Why can't you be like, my husband's always like last minute, right? Like my daughter, she's even worse, like zero time management skills at all, you know? So being late all the time, it was funny because whenever I used to pick up Sarah, right? She learned real fast that when I said I'm going to be there at five, I'm going to be there at five too. So you better be ready at five too. So she learned really, really uh, very short on that. Uh, like I'm always early. Right. She yeah. would be like, you're proud of me. I've been ready for like 10 minutes. Right? <laughs> so like late and disorganization. Like I can't handle disorganization and chaos. Like give me an example. I'll give you an example. All right. Like when I used to run the nights at the office on uh, Tuesdays and I was yeah. coordinating, if Cam would throw me a wrench and like, oh, I want to do this instead of the last minute. I'm like, oh, no, no, no. We don't change things last minute. No, no, no. He's like, yeah, we're not going to do that anymore. No, no, no. Cause it was on my agenda. Like we can't change it now. I used to hate that. And he knew it hated me. So he did it to me often. Right. Just to, just to poke me. Yeah. Right. And I remember always saying, God, I'm in the, I'm in the wrong hierarchy. Like Corey is on time. He's organized. Like I'm supposed to be on that higher. <laughs> not this one. Right. So I don't do well with like things going wrong and not working and change. Like, like oh my God, it's just like structure. structure. Yeah. I love it. It's good. I like structure too. I'm big, big on structure. Yeah. All right. So I want you to think of all the movies that you've seen. Is there a movie out there that has the greatest dance scene that you absolutely love? Dance. I mean, who doesn't like dirty dancing? 
Like, who have you ever know? tried the lift? No. <laughs> no? no? I've dreamt of it, but I've never tried it. It's right. Like, who doesn't want to pretend that they're her? It's hard for me because my movie choices are very different than the average Joe. Like, I'm all about, like, serial killers, murder, death, kill. You know, like, that's my kind of movie. Yeah. Right? I like that. Like, documentaries and stuff like that. So, I, I hate horror movies, right? Like, I love the Saw trilogy, um, stuff like that. So it's it's hard for me with dance movies because I don't watch a lot of those. Who's your favorite of... horror killer? Freddy. Yeah? Well, because Freddy gave me nightmares. We have, a, we have a bond. I still remember that nightmare I had. I thought, this is it, man. He kills people in dreams and I know I'm dreaming, so I think I'm done. <laughs> I remember knowing I'm dreaming and he's in my dream. So I'm toast. I'm not waking up. Like I thought it was the end of life for me. So we just have that relationship. Yeah. He mentally fucked me up. <laughs> I used to love horror movies and now I'm just, I'm not, I'm not digging it. I'm not no. Digging it. I like the super B horror movies, right? Where it's like absolutely ridiculous, you know, going back and we were watching the, the Friday 13th. I want to say trilogies, but there's like 95 of them. So you can't right. anymore. Yeah. So we started watching those again last year. During they're not the same. That's why. <laughs> and I'm like, what is happening? Yeah, yeah. They're afraid right back then. They're not just like, let it go. Yeah. Don't keep remaking them. I know there was another, how there was like a Halloween H2O on last night on TV. And I was like, like, you just can't do that. You got to come up with some new stuff. Chop trying to remake everything. I know. The Rob Zombie horrors are pretty fucked, though. I don't know if you've watched any of them. No. Oh, my God. Really? Go and watch a thousand corpses. Well, fuck you. This is why I don't watch horror movies anymore. Oh, I'm writing it down because I'm like, oh, oh my God. Yeah. I remember the movie, but I don't think I watched it. And his I wife. Mean, exorcist was that threw me over the edge. I was raised Catholic. So I'm like, whoa, what this, is this? Uh, the Rob Zombie ones will. He just, he did a remake of um, Texas Chainsaw Massacre too. And his wife Moon is in it. Mm-hmm. And she's in this Thousand Corpses too. Just go watch all of them. Honestly, yeah. I watched that probably, I don't know, 15 years ago. And it just started, like, I felt like I was on acid watching it. I was fucked. Like, I was like, this is a really fucked up horror movie. Like, really right. twisted. Yeah. Um, he put some pretty cool shit in. I'll watch it. I'm on it. <laughs> All right. I grew up loving this band, Metallica. Nothing else matters. All right. Why do you love that song? That was my wedding song to my first husband. Oh, that's awesome. Yeah. I've been to lots of Metallica concerts. I still remember the day that my uh, husband at the time grabbed me from behind and pushed us up front. And there I was, Nurse Hetfield right there on his guitar. And I got a picture on my Blackberry. I cannot find that picture to save my life, by the way. But it was such a good picture. because it's him right on his guitar and he was like two feet away from me. Such good concerts, you know, like such good concerts. But yeah, we were huge fans and uh, that was our wedding song. So of course that means something to me. And so... You know, but I'm, I'm going to rant for a second here because the Black Album just got released for a 30 year anniversary. And so what they did was took like the main songs off the Black Album 
and got a whole bunch of artists to remake it. Yeah. And so I was super excited, but I was a little bit weary because I'm a, I don't like it. Like I'm getting bitchy for a second. I don't like it when rock guys take a pop song and try to make it rock. And I don't like it when the other way around, when when (laughs) pop guys try to like, it just don't do that. Stay in your genre. Cause it's like, it's just, it's just better. So with this album, they use like the main songs, nothing else matters. Um, Sad but true. Uh, Enter Sandman. And so all these artists and they just fucking butchered songs. It was an awful album. I listened to a lot of it yesterday and I would like fast forward and it like, there was like maybe two that were tolerable. Isn't Miley Cyrus doing something? Yeah, Miley did one of them. And it wasn't good? She wasn't good? She was tolerable. She was the tolerable one. Like Weezer tried to do one. Why would they pick that band? No, no, that's not the worst part of it. Jay Balvin. Who's that? He's like a, he's like a Spanish rocker. No, sorry. (laughs) Spanish rapper guy. And I'm like, what? Getting in Ricky Iglesias to sing. Like might as well have, right? I was just, I was so angry. So when I got home, I said, I'm like, put it on. And he's like, why are you getting so mad? I'm like, just put it on. Like, you just, you have to see how bad this is. And so there was a few on there that we thought were going to be good. And it was just like, oh, like, you're just like, just ruining a good memory of me. Like Miley did nothing else matters. And I was like, okay, well, she's tolerable, but it's not something where I'm like, oh, this is great. Yeah. And just stick to your own genre. Like Jay Balvin, I was so pissed off. Don't put a rapper to do a rock song. Yeah. Like get some rock guys. Like, why don't you throw Vince Neil and Axl Rose to do some of your songs? So Volbeat did one of the songs and that was the one that was tolerable because Volbeat is a rock band. So yes, a rock band should do a rock cover. Totally fine. But it's like, there's some band out there that's like trying to be like metal rock and he did a Taylor Swift song. Don't do that. (laughs) I know. And I only know the Taylor Swift song because of Danica. And I remember looking at my satellite radio and what the hell? Don't do that. just ruins it right like oh i love it All yeah right. so that- no surprise is when you left me <laughs> so i drag myself to sleep and sunday is when i wake up i love the i love the acoustic in this song <laughs> no surprise but very the dead man so funny story my, my ex-husband, if you ever watches this, he'll laugh at this because he's like, this song totally reminds me of you. It just reminds me, like, I just feel like one day you're going to totally fuck me over and leave me. <laughs> I ended up leaving him. And so it's like awful because it's like every time I see that. And then my current husband, he's like, he wasn't wrong. Like, I kind of sometimes feel that way too. I'm like, get out of here, you guys. Come on. You know, there's another theory song called Bad Girlfriend and everybody jokes about that one too, right? Like, I'm a bad girlfriend, so... You know, I got a lot. I got a lot of memories with theory too. So I was, love it. Yeah. What's yeah. Uh, your out of your five senses? What would you say? What sense is the strongest? Mm, my strongest. My sight. Yeah, you have good sight. I'm very observant. I'm very observant. Yeah. Yeah, I can see things that are about to happen. You know, I can see chaos, I can see trouble, I can see, I can read personalities really well. Definitely my sight. I'm very much an observer. I just watch. I'll just sit back and watch. Have you ever second guessed your first impression? 
Yes. And were, were you wrong? Should you have stayed with your first impression? Um, well, yeah, I mean, I thought my husband was gay. And that was the first impression. He's not gay. So that was a wrong first impression. Um, not very often am I wrong. I'll put it that way. Like, I can't think off the top of my head of when I have been wrong besides Dustin, but um, definitely I'm, I'm, it's not too often that I'm, I'm wrong. Yeah. What did you think of me when you first met me? Oh, that you were just like me. You're just my people. You don't have a filter like I do. You're just very open book, like share everything, right? Life experience, straight to the point. Yeah. You know, so yeah, nope, definitely. It was funny because Sarah even said to me, you remind me of my friend Annette. I'm like, who's Annette? And then when I saw you, I was like, oh, yeah. <laughs> Usually it doesn't work that way though. Mm. I don't know if you've ever experienced it because we're open and, you know, whatever out there blunt I feel like when somebody says to me, oh, yeah, I have a friend that's like you. I just, I get my, I, I get a little uptight. And then oh, when I, I did too. When she told me that, I'm like, who's in that? Like me at all. I didn't even fucking like them. <laughs> yeah. I mean, I totally was. Because I was like, who's in that? Like, yeah. Are you comparing me? Nobody. Right? And then when I saw you uh, speak and I was like, oh, yeah, I can see that. Yeah, I can see that. But. I had a girlfriend say that to me about her boyfriend. You have to meet him. He's amazing. He's got a personality like you. I tell you, like, we were not good together. I mean, this girl, we're best friends. We were not good together at all. I actually physically got in a fight with him. He thought we were wrestling, but we, like, I was choking him out. Like, I was going to kill him. And Tyler was like, ah, I'm going to have to pull my wife off you. And, like... And it wrecked our friendship. I went, I, I had to stand up there while she got married. And I'm like, this guy is like a fucking loser. Do not marry this guy. And we didn't see each other for probably nine years after she married him. And the only reason why we see each other now is she's fucking divorced him. And he's a piece of shit. He's just a, you know, that's tough. That's tough with friends because there's been a few where I don't like them. And, you know, you can voice your opinion and it, it just ends up like wrecking a friendship because it's like, they don't want to hear it. They got to learn on their own. They got to figure this out. Right. And we have to be understanding of that. It's like so hard and you hate their guts. <laughs> <laughs> I got like you, but I don't like him. Right. So it's tough. It's yeah. tough. It's happened a few times in life, but I mean, they got to figure it out. So. Right. So Biff naked, I haven't heard this for so long. <laughs> I used to love Biff Naked. Yeah. I, I don't mean, listen to her. She's a good rock chick. Yeah. Right? No and she's just so powerful. Like, I love myself today. Right? Like, yeah. she's just like, not nothing's letting get to her. Right? But here's a funny story for her. So, I actually called up Sarah one day and I was like, hey, in the first couple of years I knew her, I was like, oh my God, Biff Naked's coming to, uh, what's it called now? The Marquee? Used to be... Uh, uh, back alley yeah it used to be back alley but now it's the marquee it's back and alley again i i heard i had my 30th in the back alley it was like it was <laughs> yeah memorable um i loved back alley anywhere i could just wear jeans and a t-shirt and just rock out i was happy right so that was that was great for me so i said to start hey beth naked's coming and she's like okay we want tickets they're pretty cheap let's go she's like sure so I picked her up and we, you know, we met up with a couple of my other friends there. And so we get there and it's marquee. And it's the first time I'd been in there since they changed it. And so I was like, just seems kind of chill in here. This is weird. 
And so we go get a drink. And of course, the $10 drinks, right? I'm just like, ugh. And uh, I look over. I'm like, is there a table full of books over there? I'm like, did she write those books? I'm like, what is happening? I just got a weird vibe. And like, there's a whole bunch of like metal heads there. And their jackets and tattoos and their spiked hair. And you think you're going yeah. to a rock concert. And then she comes up on stage. And she sits down and starts talking into the mic. And I'm like, where's like the band equipment? And then I realize we're at a book reading. Oh and I'm like, God. And so she literally picks up her book and starts reading from her book. And I looked at Sarah, and go, what the fuck is happening? And she's like, I think we're at a book reading. I was like, <laughs> oh my God. So we left. We peaced out. But I thought, what? Well, how do you want a rock chick to write a book and doing a book reading? I'm pretty sure I wasn't the only one disappointed in that room. Because there was a lot of people standing like on the floor where you would be rocking out to the concert. Yeah. And they were all like this. So it was very deceiving because it didn't get advertised as a book reading. Because it definitely wouldn't have gone. Yeah. It was. So yeah, so me and Sarah have a good laugh about that one. Book reading. <laughs> Just make sure you read concert titles a little better. That's now, I'm, so that just ruined it for me. Now I was just like, I don't like you anymore. <laughs> Run your last song. Hit me. I'm pretty sure you want to sleep with this guy. Pretty sure. You did a live one. I'm the highway. All right. Chris I would let Chris Cornell do anything to me. What was what would be one thing that you would really want him to do to you though? Oh my god, like <laughs> just take me. Whatever. Whatever you want, I will submit. He, you know, I wasn't a fan of his long hair. I liked him better when he was doing Black Hole Sun and it was all chopped up. Not a fan of long hair, but um I still remember the morning I woke up and Dustin had wake, woken me up and like he never wakes me up, right? And so he was like rubbing my back and he was like, babe, babe, I'm like, what? what's going on? He's like, I have some really sad news for you. And I was like, oh, I'm like, who died? Like, what's happening here? Right. And so I'm like, okay, I'm up. What's up? And he's like, Chris Cornell. And I'm like, oh! <laughs> I'm like, no. And he's like, I'm so sorry. I'm like, get out of here. Why? I was just mortified. And I grabbed my phone and sure enough, my phone was blowing up. It was on vibrate, so I didn't hear anything. But like text messages everywhere. Like, oh my God, Rachel, he's gone. Oh, blah, blah. Right? It was just so devastating to me. And honestly, anytime I hear a song, I get goosebumps. Because it was just so sad for me. He was such an amazing artist. And his voice is, again, so tantric to me. You know? And like, I'm just so happy that I got to see him in an unplugged, stripped down concert. Yeah. And it means between Soundlord and Audio Slave and anything he did on his own was just, he was just one of those true grunge rockers. You know, it's like Kurt Cobain. All the good ones are gone. Mm -hmm. You know, same with Linkin Parks, lead singer, right? Like, just so sad to, to see these guys go. There's just such a good representation of that good time and that good era, right? Yeah. He's just, he's just my favorite of, of all time. I love it. So if you were to give anybody some piece of advice with all the adversity that you've went through in your life, what would be one thing that you would like to say to somebody? 
you know, it doesn't matter what you went through or what you will go through. It matters what you do with it. You know, um, therapy has helped me more than once in life. It helped me through the assaults. It helped me through my divorce. I don't know who I was after I was divorced. What do I want? Like, who am I? You know what I mean? Uh, lots of my childhood, you know, wasn't the best memories for me with anything really. Yeah. You know? So it, I know someone close to me who has taken the excuse that they've had a hard life and they, you know, and I know what they've been through and, you know, it's hard. It wasn't that hard in a sense, but I don't like to compare hard because everybody's heart is different, but I just, I, if you want to feel better, then go feel better go to therapy and get help. That's my number one advice. There's nothing wrong with therapy. Go get it done. Go feel better. Move past it. You know, talk about it with people, educate people. People are always like, wow, you just don't care about who knows what. And I was like, because it's all a learning process for someone. How do I know that someone's not going to relate to me and understand? How do I know someone's not going to learn from, from my mistakes or my experiences, right? But my number one thing is like, if you go through something hard, just go to therapy and take care of it and move on. So you can talk about it and use it as an experience. Yeah. I love it. Thank you so much, Rachel, for being on music junkies today. I had a blast, right? So much fun. We're going to get you. your man next. And then we're going to, I told him, I was like, you need to be coming on here to do this because yeah. like this guy, like he knows any, everybody. I was like, I don't even know what half these people are on the Black Album. Who are they, right? He's like, oh, I know this guy. I know this guy. I'm like, so yeah. He's a Thanks for listening today. Hope you enjoyed the show. New episodes out every Monday. Please share with a friend and subscribe because you want to. And like me because you like me. Leave a comment so we can connect. And if you have a great playlist and you want to share, I'd love to have you on the show. Please reach out to me on Instagram at The Music Junkies Podcast.